eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, it is podcast time. Uh, Jerry Recco is off. I did the warm-up with CeeLo. I do the post-game podcast with Eddie Scazzari. Hello, Eddie. Hello, podcast people oh yeah wanted to ask you something about this about the dogs and learned behavior so uh the whimster here that i uh you know i take her out in the morning around we get up at like 3 30 right and then i don't take her out again until after the podcast so like around 10 30 so she goes a good seven hours where she's hanging out here with me but around 8 45 9 o'clock anytime i get up out of my seat she thinks it's 10 30 time to rock and roll right we're going out she gets very excited and now she's starting to do a thing where starting at 8 30 and now I, so then i was like you know what I, I don't have to get up off my seat every time i'll just sit here in my seat so she doesn't get all worked up now as soon as i take my headphones off anytime after about 8 45 yeah she's keying in on she's on, keying in on these mm-hmm. things yeah that's not unusual behavior yeah uh, feeding time for our gang is uh, usually about two o'clock in the afternoon for yeah. their dinner meal, uh, and so anytime after one thirty that you get up and move around, they start looking for it. Especially right. uh, the leader of that movement, which is uh, the, our oldest quail, she uh, you know will start you know looking at you, and even if you're sitting down, like anytime you even move, she's her head pops up and she's. Uh, <laughs> Okay, is it time? <laughs> That's what this dog does now, too. Like, she doesn't, you know, because I got her during the quarantine, I, she's not left home alone very often or for very long. Right. And, and when I do, it's normally like once a day, I'll, I'll like go to the supermarket or sometimes I'll just leave her just to try to get her used to me leaving. But if I, if I leave at any point during the day and come back, the rest of the day, if I make any move, she could be in a dead sleep. If I make any move off the couch or she thinks I'm leaving again. Mm-hmm. So she's like on high alert. Yeah, that's uh, my labs are not that way. They're not on high alert yeah. all the time. But our rescue, who is n- not full lab, he's only a part lab. He's uh, got some t- 
terrier in them, and they're on alert all the yeah. time. So that's just the breed. Then do you start thinking ever, because I find myself doing this, and I don't know if I should do this, if it's, uh, I know it's affecting my life, but it, I don't want to affect the dog's life. So, for example, if I if I see her peacefully sleeping, and I know, like, I've got two floors here, you know, so if I know, if I, if I go upstairs, she's following me, she's mm-hmm. coming up. So if she's sleeping peacefully and I want to go up and do laundry, I will sometimes wait. I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to wait until she gets up and starts stirring before. I don't want to interrupt her time of of peaceful sleeping for me to go do laundry. So I'm almost adjusting my life now based on her resting. Yeah. yeah well, That's that, not good. Well, yeah, no. Well, you you live alone. You don't have kids and, right. you know... What else are you gonna do? So you know <laughs> you've got the time, so you can adjust to her. But it's it can you can fall into that trap where you're sort of rearranging your life more than you need to for the dog. But right, based on the dog, not not like just based on what the dog's reaction is gonna be to things. Yeah, yeah. But dog owners without children, yeah, you know that they're like your children, so you. You start acting, you know, strangely and sort of uh, tending to every need of the dog when <laughs> you're probably just inventing things in your head. Right. And that's what I'm trying to stop myself from doing. Yeah. But I'm still doing it. Well, yeah, but it's okay. You know, there's there's a, a lot of people like you and I who, yeah. who do that thing, especially if you don't have children and you know you're not constantly uh, going here going there with kids activities or what have you it, it happens no it's got to be a rude awakening and this happened with uh my older sister debbie uh, and her husband and their dog they had a small dog first for a couple years and then they had children yeah yeah that that, that had to be quite a shock for the dog because the dog was very much the child until actual children came along. And then they get jealous. <laughs> and then the dog's like relegated and they had twins. So that dog got put in the third place oh, pretty quickly. About it. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. went from getting 100% of the attention <laughs> to 10% of the attention. <laughs> uh, I did ask Eddie, as we like to do when you're on the uh, podcast, I did ask for some Twitter questions. So I, I took uh, some of the ones that I that I enjoyed here. And I have some Twitter questions from you. Are you ready for the Twitter audience? Of course. Uh, Frankie starts off with the first one. I thought this was a good one. What's the maddest that Eddie ever got at work? Ooh, wow. Okay. Um, That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, The maddest, you know, gosh. Like truly, truly angry? Yeah, like when you were truly angry at something that happened at work. Um. I guess I can tell this story. <laughs> um, when I was sort of, uh, when I used to make the schedules for everybody and was in charge of the part-timers and yeah. and hiring them, uh, I found out that some other of the group's radio station's part-time employees were making uh, more yes. than our part-timers. Right. And for... So other what, stations were making more it, money? It, in our group, the, yes. In our group, okay. Correct. And for what I knew for the majority of those uh, other jobs was less demanding work, if mm-hmm. uh, if you will. Yeah, FAN, a demanding job. Uh, yeah. yeah, it can be, especially for the board operators. There's a lot to do. 
and uh, and I sort of uh, I wanted to address that, and uh, was sort of uh, brushed off, oh. and that kind of cheesed me off. So, did you address it initially with an email or a face to face? Face to face, you did. Face did you face. go in like uh, calmly, like, "Oh, yeah. I'm noticing. Yes, Maybe this yes. is an oversight." Our right, people right. Are being How paid. can we address this? this yeah, is a, you know, this is sort of a injustice and. Uh, and then uh, that didn't happen, and that mm-hmm. kind of really—I mean, I wasn't like yelling and punching things yeah. and all that. But it not your, really, that's not uh, your style. It's not. So, but that really annoyed me. So, I kind of uh, probably did what I shouldn't have done and uh, went over the head of the person Ooh. that I asked <laughs> and uh, got it done. Wow. Yeah. And were there repercussions for the head that you went over? Like, did did they uh, say, "I wish you wouldn't have gone over my head"? Or uh, a little bit. It, yeah. And I'm not sure if that person knew exactly what I have done. I sort of gave myself some plausible deniability <laughs> in that issue. So I, uh, you know, but um, yeah. And then also when when it did get resolved, I was even in in a way more angry because, you know, it it seemed to be not as big a deal as the first person I asked had made it seem. Right. And it was like, uh, yeah, that's fair. And done. Oh, so it could have been done quicker, easier, sooner. Yes. All those things. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so, that's a yeah, good that, one. that was, um, and again, I'm not one who, who flies off the handle. No. Or really gets mad at much. But that, that, that uh, annoyed me. That pissed you off. You always a man of the of the part timers. You were always uh, a man of the people. You always like to see our part timers uh, treated fairly. Yes, yeah, uh, because um, they do the more work because mm-hmm. of the a talk station will always be more work than a music station. Right, and our formats, you know, especially with there's there's like a hundred different formats. Each show has a a different format and then there's all the different games that we run they all have different formats you have right. to learn all that yes it is a trained on all that and then like on somebody on the overnight or actually every board up now since with the pandemic you know you're running the board managing the log booking guests if that's uh, something that the host would want screening, screening the calls. calls yeah you're doing all this stuff right. and uh it's a lot all right, here's a dog question. This is actually a great question. I'm glad this guy asked. Uh, Tom G. Does Eddie express his dog's anal glands, or does he have someone else do it? I, I have never uh, done it myself. Cause has that happened to you, by the way, yet? that No, uh, so my question to you then was, is that something that all dog breeds have? I believe the answer to that is yes. Really? But there are some... Uh, Oh, for sure. Every dog has anal glands, but it's (laughs) some like some breeds or some dogs or mutts or whatever. They express them a lot more than others. And it is the nastiest kind of sort of a fishy kind of oily smell and Mm -hmm. substance. And it's uh, it's quite gross. And uh, but when uh, and it's never really been that much of an issue with our labs, but with our new guy, Raymond. The mixed breed, you know, it's like, you know, it's an issue. And he's like licking around there a lot and kind of maybe doing it, sort of taking care of it himself. But it's, uh, yeah, it's um, it's not pleasant. So, but I have not done it. But you can have your vet, when you take the dog for a vet visit, Yeah, uh, you can have it done. 
but um, it's like with this guy, I'd be doing it every four days. So, yeah, they say. Uh, whew, uh, my I know my sister has a, a Datsun, mm-hmm. uh, and and she has to have that done to her dog. Now, what does that mean? Like, so is a is it a liquid? Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like again, it's, it's, it's and it it's, builds up in their butt. Yeah, it's butt like a, it's like I guess it's sort of like a, a sacks around that area. Oh boy, which will you know they're not visible, but like I guess they're right underneath, and I guess they get filled up with stuff, and then they kind of the vet will kind of sort of I, I guess squeeze it to get it oh, out, good um, or whatever. And yeah, it's gross. Oh so, man, and, but the the smell is. Uh, you know, it's not like you know poop or dog farts. It's it's a, it's a different kind of musky, fishy, Oof. viscousy, oily kind of a situation. Not pleasant. This guy Tom G writes. We just had to have our dogs anal glands expressed, and this seems like something Eddie would do. No, I did. No, 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 no. no. Eddie is uh, Eddie is not a veterinarian. Uh, you know, if Eddie had to do it, maybe he could learn. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And by the way, when it happens, you will know it. Right. It's not going to be like my dog's either farting or yeah, no, no. expressing no, anal it's glands. A very, it's a very distinct <laughs> odor. I've been seeing a lot of this, and and I thought, well, I don't think greyhounds have that. No, they they do. Oh, and I don't know if it's with um, <laughs> great if it's more prevalent with male dogs than yeah. females that might be the case i don't know i hope so but i, don't I, want I believe dogs. every dog has that but if now, for, for a lot of people it's never an issue now i've had her for i just looked today eight weeks if i haven't had an anal gland expression in eight weeks am i probably I, safe I, yes and also because she's an adult yeah she's already an adult, right um so i i would think that you know it it Probably will happen, but <laughs> uh, at, at I don't think it's going to be a, oh, a, a constant issue. Yeah, and uh, I mean it doesn't linger for you know hours, but it's like, but if it gets on like you know, she sleeps on a blanket or something yeah. like that. If it gets on, you won't wash that thing immediately. <laughs> My sister, who has the little dog, the Dodson, the when she takes it, her dog to the groomer, the groomer does the anal glands. Yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> anal glands specialist. But how, like, how often is this? Happening? I don't know. You know. It's not like what you would say, like every four days, like you're yeah, like my really. my Raymond, you know. But he's still, you know, it could be once he fully matures physically, which yeah. would be another eight months or so. It maybe might, it'll uh, ease up. Yeah, it's possible. I, I, you know, again, I'm not a veterinarian. Uh, here's a great question from a account that calls himself Mike and the Mad Dog today. Okay, he wants to know what is the most money Eddie has ever spent on an article of clothing? Oh my God! I'm gonna take a guess here. Okay. Not at the amount of money, but on the article of clothing. Already? I would think that you would not have a problem spending more money on, like, a, a boot. Because that's going to be something you wear often, you really need in the, in the winter, and that you would feel like you got your money's worth, even if it was a little more expensive. Well, like, I wear, like, a, the same pair of shoes, like, all the time. And, yeah. And you know, I'm one of those people who, like, buys, like, five pairs of the same shoe, mm-hmm. so I don't have to think about it for, you know, years yeah. at a time. And I will wear them until, like, you know, when it's raining, I feel that my socks are getting wet. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, time to change. Oh, let me change so, these out. But they're not that expensive, but... I. I've have spent over a hundred dollars on hiking boots because wow. that's actually, you know, important. And you know, you don't want blisters and on all. You want a good hiking boot for traction and comfort and fit and all that. But I think the most expensive 
thing. I probably spent maybe, I don't know, maybe, could it be 400 500 on a suit? I'm yeah, probably. that could be. That would be it. But, you know, that's my wakes and wedding suit. Right, uh, versatile. So, yeah, but on like on regular clothes, like, you know, I get most of my T-shirts that I have for free. Uh, and I buy Levi's uh, until they rip, and, uh, you know, away you and, go. And what's this brand boot that you use for an everyday boot? Oh, God. Oh, it's a Skechers. Oh, Skechers boot. Yeah. And yeah. they still make it, because that's the problem with Skechers, I've yes, noticed. Yeah, they change. Like, yeah. They like, change I had one that I really liked, and then they changed it. It wasn't available, so then I, I found another one that I liked, because I just want I want something that's, like, not flimsy, and it's got the ankle you know, it comes up your ankle a little because mm-hmm. I'm prone to twisting my ankle. Yeah. Um, but I want, I don't want to be bothered with laces at this point in my life. Me too. So I just, I get the boot that you can slip on. <laughs> I have no interest in laces anymore yeah. either. And then I also, <laughs> then I look for, uh, this is because I'm really lazy. I look for the slip on boot that has the little pull in the yeah. back of the heel. So I don't have to like, you know, bend Unzip. all the way down. <laughs> right. and, uh, so I could just kind of, Pull, you know, pull it up easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I'm with you. I'm done with at. the laces. Yeah. I have a, I have a Skechers like loafer that I wear because uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm not untying and tying shoes anymore. Yeah, and then during the summer, I'll wear uh, Keens to the, uh, which is like a more heavy duty sandal mm-hmm. uh, with a covered toe that I, I wear when the weather gets really warm. Keens, and, they're called with the yes, K. Yes, I think it's K E E N S. All right. Uh, here's a second back-to-back fashion question. This oh, from, wow. Uh, David Bruder wants to know, when's the last time you wore a collared shirt? Oh, well, I mean, again, aside from wakes and weddings. Yeah. Like I'd, a polo shirt. Like, like when's oh, the last I, time you I, wore I a never, polo uh, shirt? Oh, God. <laughs> I used to have to wear, when I was with the one the Giants radio crew, Yeah, uh, they made me wear, so it wasn't voluntary, they made me wear a... Um, a collared uh, FAN polo shirt. So I did that whenever the last I was with the Giants. So that had to be in the like late nineties. Uh, but of course, for you know wakes and and weddings, uh, I wear a collared shirt with a tie. You know, mm-hmm. I would have worn one at the booming celebration. Right. Uh, you know, um, and and uh, not all obviously not all wakes, but weddings and stuff. You get uh, you get dressed up. From when my mom passed, obviously I wore a suit. Right. I stepped it up, and uh, but you know if I'm going to someone else's wake, usually no, I'll just wear a dark shirt, right? But, like a long sleeve, yeah, t-shirt. long sleeve black shirt or whatever, or a Henley, uh, yeah, correct. You're a Henley guy, Henley like the Henley, no collar, so that doesn't count. But uh, yeah, I would say I I never wear except if it's a wedding or a family member's uh, wake or funeral situation. I don't wear collared shirt or the booming celebration. Uh, I don't wear collared shirts. I, I could just, not even picture you in a polo shirt. Like it just does not even yeah. connect. To it, me. It's sort of yeah. I have a an aversion to a like polo a, shirt, a golf shirt. Oh please, oh. Uh, God, <laughs> no, 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 thanks. Uh, here's one from a guy calling himself Belichick Filet. Mm-hmm. I consider Eddie the second best radio soundboard guy ever. The first is the great Fred Norris. Has Eddie or yourself ever met the man from Mars? I have. I'm assuming that's a nickname for Fred. Yes. Well, they say he's a Martian. Okay. They think well, he's from Mars. I have uh, heard that comparison mm-hmm. uh, many times. Now, I have. I was an early Stern listener. Like I would say, when he was on NBC in the afternoon. Yeah. Going back that far. Like eighty. And I don't know how much. Like, you know. 
Fred was, uh, I, I remember he used, they used to play that uh, sort of, uh, I guess we can say this, that masturbation effect, but the, yes. it sounds like something in it, a pail. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So I guess that the was, p- yeah, exactly. And it would he get was faster. playing that back then? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it would get faster and he faster. He still plays it. That's true. It's, it's like 40 years later. Some things don't get old. And uh, so I don't know if that was Fred's doing at that time. I don't know if he is if he's been with him th- all throughout the whole run. Um and then he has, the- but you know what's funny? I think when he was at NBC, they definitely depict this in the movie that Fred was with him the whole time, but that uh, because of the union, an engineer used to have to yes. technically hit the effects, but yep. Fred would tell him which ones to hit. Yeah, that was that that <laughs> so went weird. out. Like that was that was not the case in our shop for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, actually, when I first came to FAN, that was just being phased out. But like, you couldn't like before the, to hear it be told, you couldn't operate anything. Yeah. Uh, before, but then they they did away with that, um, and uh, the engineers did the actual you know building and fixing and connecting and all the you know the real engineer stuff and left yeah. the editing and the board operating to non-engineers. So I, I guess I don't know what if that was a battle if the you know with the unions. I have no idea. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, that was uh, was just being phased out when I I came on, but I I've never have met Fred. Have you, Al? I've not. No, I never met Fred either. And we've met uh, Gary. We've met Gary, but not uh, but not Fred. But yeah. uh, you know, from uh, what I understand, it is very high praise, and I'll take it. Yeah, another very good uh, 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 sound effects guy was Anthony of Opie and Anthony, and he yes. was hosting while he was Correct. doing well, it. Correct. Even as more well. impressive. Yeah, he he was very good. And Craig used to do some of the stuff also. We had a little machine for him in there, um, you know. So, and then there were many instances when Craig and I would have little drop battles back and forth. Yeah, I would say Craig would overdo it when he was in charge himself. Yeah, he would just be like, uh, yeah, he would just Gatling gun and do everything that he could think of without maybe necessarily it, it fitting or not fitting. Yeah, but when we would, when he would do it, coming back from break over a, whatever random song I played coming back mm-hmm. from break, and he would start hitting some, and you would hit some, and you guys would would do it together. Those were always hilarious. Yeah, but I, like, it, I would always win because I had more sound. <laughs> well, it was for, although with the the buttons, the machine he was using, he could do the one where you just keep hitting it, and it would go like, ba 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 Exactly. You know, that was funny. And what was what's funny is how there were certain songs that would trigger it in his brain. Yes. To do it. So for whatever reason, Roadhouse Blues by The Doors, mm-hmm. he would, as soon as he'd heard, bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam, he'd be like, boom, <laughs> hit all the sound effects. And you could see the look in his eye also <laughs> when it would when it would happen. Yeah. Yeah. That was very And good. I used to make, remember, I'm painstakingly loaded up, like on this machine called a, a, an instant replay. Yeah. You could have 50, there's a there's 50 buttons, but you could have, you know, 10 banks of 50 buttons. And I painstakingly made <laughs> the overlays so he yes. could look. Because I heard, I think it was, I heard Anthony talking about it. Yeah. Or maybe Howard. I Anthony forget. had all the overlays. A- yeah. And uh, like, I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And I researched how to find them because they weren't readily available. I bought them. I, I, I laminated them. I cut them out painstakingly from the laminates so they would fit over the thing. I put them on a chain and wrapped them around the, the machine so he wouldn't lose Full them. Foolproof. Yeah. It lasted about uh, uh, two months, and then they were all <laughs> over the place. Like, he would never even look at the templates, nothing. 
Yeah, Fred did not have templates. I don't know how Fred kept track of all his sound effects. I really don't. Cause Same he's very, way I do. Very, I guess, but but yeah, I guess maybe his are computerized as well, as well as having the... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the what's the sound effects? The instant sh- replay. Instant replay. Anthony had overlays and sheets. So, you know, being of a different time period, we were doing this. Anthony might have a a bank and an overlay for any gay related yes. sound effect that mm-hmm. he had, right? Or so that or any like um, like he may even have one for about like if he did a Michael Jackson song. He had all like the you know. He's a kid toucher. He's hit all these like crazy things, but his were very organized that way. I think he used to use the overlays. Yeah, but I mean, for for me, it's just there's so many of them. There's like you know thirteen thousand, fourteen thousand drops <laughs> at this point, and it's just I something will click. Somebody will say something, and something will click in my head, and I'll remember that I have something, and then I got to find it, which I don't always do, but. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting that Fred just uh, nobody knows how he does it. Uh, like right. I couldn't even really even tell you what the hell my thought process is. It just right. kind of happens. My uncle, I remember my uncle asking me one day about the uh, the drops, and he's like, uh, asked how we plan it out. Is there a script? I go, no, it kind of just happens. He goes, well, how does the guy have the, the sound drops ready? I go, he just as we're going he just grabs them i don't know how he does it either was that the uncle that i spent some time with at your uh, no different uh, oh, okay. different different uncle of mine he just couldn't believe that the whole show wasn't scripted with sound drops and everything like written down yeah people are yeah. surprised about that and, yeah. and, and you know this anything that's scripted and too thought out sucks, sucks. <laughs> always sucks and it never comes off the way you think nope. it might right you're like oh this is gonna be great we've got all these sound effects ready to go yeah and it's terrible Mm-hmm. All right, Eddie, that's it. That's the warm-up. Oh, no, this is the post-game podcast? Well, uh, Al, I know uh, Jerry had brought up this. You don't have whimsies, okay? We're good with that for a, for a quick story? Yes, oh, okay. absolutely. Uh, Jerry had brought up the gigantic black hole. That yes. He swallows a sun He says a it's going gonna, it's gonna to get us or something. Well, well no. Uh, here's the thing. I did okay. some research on it because I had on not black heard hole. about it. It had been discovered about two years ago. Now, when you went to do research, was there new recent articles on it? Yes. Is that where Jerry heard about this from? Uh, yes. There okay. were re- within the last four days. All right. Uh, but then I went to a more maybe reputable scientific <laughs> rather than a just even the mainstream news would don't do it justice right so but it was discovered like two years ago and the it's 12 billion light years away which means that the what we're seeing and it's a black hole so we're reading energy we're not actually seeing stuff okay but it emits because it's so big it emits these uh, energy that we can sort of quote-unquote see blah 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 so whatever we're seeing happened 12 billion years ago (laughs) And the universe itself is, is I think it's 13 point something billion years. So the universe, this thing formed, and we're looking at it when the universe was only about, you know, a billion and a half years old, roughly. So it can't get us? Uh, no, I would, I, would say, I would say no. 12 billion light years? Yeah. Yeah. So not, we'll be dead. We'll and be also dead. the universe is expanding and everything else is spreading out now. Our local group of galaxies will sort of stay together and merge and all that. But like the galaxies, the groups, the galaxy groups themselves are spreading apart 
as mm. the universe just keeps expanding at a faster and faster rate. Is that right? Yeah. So and not to worry. Uh, also, uh, I know you watch Netflix sometimes. Unsolved Mysteries is back. Yes, I heard you guys talking about that on either yesterday's or the day before's podcast. Yeah, there's only six episodes, but there's one on there about a, a, a UFO thing that happened in 69. In Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. Yes. I think you'd be interested in watching that one. It's a good yes, one. but as you say, there's never any resolution. You're right, on Unsolved Mysteries. That's mm-hmm. the part that sucks. Yeah. You're left very unsatisfied. Yes. Although I do love at the end of they go, if you if you know of, if you have also seen this, this, uh, UFO in 1969. Reach out to us. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. and I did read an article that they're uh, of the six episodes. They're getting a ton of uh, the other ones were about like murders and things, uh, and not a UFO. Uh, they're getting a, a lot of leads from these from this show from about from, the UFOs. No, not about. I'm saying oh. about the about the other uh, the other cases. Like the other five episodes are like about people that are missing or mm-hmm. people that were murdered and and they're unsolved cases. Uh, they're getting a lot of leads from from the, from putting it on Netflix. So, well, it's, as we know, That's when cool. we bring up these weird random topics, we'll get yeah. callers yes, uh, about crazy. The, every topic we can bring up. Yes, this might be the longest combo podcast that we're going to have put out. It it could be. It could be. All right, so we'll see you uh, tomorrow. Is Friday party time? Uh, the warm up show is next. I did that with CeeLo. Solid beginning. Then it then uh, I, I I ran out of topics and steam by the uh, by the end. You so did. if uh, if you if you feel it slowing down, just shut it off and move on to your next podcast. It'll count as a play anyway. It will. It's gonna it's gonna statistically. You're hearing this right now. It statistically counts anyway. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, Eddie. So. <gasps> It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. No longer the shortest show on WFAN. Now it's a tie. It is a tie with uh, many different programs. Oh, hi, this is Al. Um, I don't know why I'm getting an echo. Hello, hello, hello. All right, well, listen, <laughs> Jerry's not here today. Jerry took the day off. I have now an echo for whatever reason. Uh, I'm going to blame CeeLo on that because it's never an echo when I'm Sure, working. blame me. Why not? Do you have your headphones jacked up like Steve Summers where you can't hear anything? Uh, no, I'm not all the way jacked up on my oh. return, as they say okay. in the biz, Al. All right, all right. I, but it does seem anytime I'm on the show, whether it's you or Geo, yeah. there's always a complaint about so, something, something technical. I don't know where so you live. So it must live. be me. I don't know what town you're in in New Jersey, Marlboro <laughs> or Freehold. Freehold, or, nailed Freehold. It. Home of Bruce Springsteen. That's right. You know, I was curious. Is Bruce Springsteen a big deal to you where you're too – how old are you? I'm 34, Al. 34. I'm 51. I'll be 51 this year. So to me, like if I saw Bruce Springsteen at the shop, right, I'd be like very excited. Oh, my gosh, it's Bruce Springsteen. I'd sneak some photos, you know, of him like picking out apples and things. But like <laughs> to you, is it just like, eh? No, it's definitely not just ah. Eh. So I would say if you're on the, on a scale of one to ten, if you're at yeah. a ten. I'm at a ten for Bruce Springsteen. I'm sighting. probably, I would say, I'd say seven and a half is Ooh, fair. Oh, seven and a half. All I right. have seen him multiple times live, enjoyed it. Tremendous Where? live performance. Oh, concerts. Or, yeah. yeah. I was the shop right. right. That's a little misleading. I've yeah, seen him many he, times at the shop he, right picking out he, apples. Yeah, I don't think he frequents Freehold much these days. He's he's moved on to uh, to better parts. Um, no, I'm, I'm a Springsteen guy. I, I celebrate the collection for sure, but I wouldn't say I'm one of these, you know, 
hardcore guys that knows every single performance he's ever given, all the live versions, every single song he's ever put out. But yeah, I would definitely be pumped. Actually, he says he he has his entire life still on nights drives back and drives around his old hometown. Oh, so you got it when when the sun goes down is when you got to get when out. When the and look sun for goes him. down, that's trying right. to blend in. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that he goes back there. He's revisiting, and he asks the psychologist, "Why do you know?" And I think men do this. We sometimes drive through our old neighborhoods. Oh, I do that for sure. Said that you're trying to. His psychologist said you're trying to change what happened there. So if okay. you had a bad childhood by going back, you're hoping that you, you change your memories from there or something like that. I could see that. That makes sense. Or makes in his sense, case, right? you're going back to Freehold to go down Main Street and enjoy Federici's, a little thin crust pizza, right. something like that. You know. Yep. Uh, and there also was, uh, just last year, I think it was, year, year and a half ago, two years at Tops, was Bruce Springsteen's childhood home was for sale. Yeah, I think you and I discussed that on yeah. a warm-up show when it was still the 10 to 15-minute variety yeah. uh, a couple of years back. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't put a bid in for that. It was uh, under three hundred grand. I, feel I think like we I discussed that as well. Yeah, I could have bought that. <laughs> I could have fixed it up. I could have made it a museum. Bruce could have driven by. I'd be like, come, right. come on in, Bruce. And you could have owned two properties. Look at you. <laughs> well, no, that, that's where I'd have to live. I can't own oh, two properties. Well, I'll after you flipped it and turned it into a museum, oh. you'd own it. It would be a oh, profitable see, right. business. Right. I just and hire it. And then, yes, exactly. Hire a kid to work the window, get take some tickets, take no a tour of the Bruce Springsteen house. I also saw there's going to be a documentary. HBO's putting out a documentary about Action Park, the New Jersey uh, water park, which is, uh, I don't believe, there anymore. Did you, are you an Action Park guy? Or was, I was going to say, young? is it bad that I don't know what Action Park is? Really? Yeah. Now, keep in mind, um, I've been li- I, I've lived in Google Jersey it. for a while, but mm-hmm. only since 1997. So I just Googled it quickly, and it yeah. was closed September 96. Oh, <laughs> so it, <laughs> wow. pre- it predates my time here oh, okay. in the Garden State. Yeah, Action Park was this place where um, chaos reigned. The <laughs> safety did not. They oh. were not a big safety <laughs> All right. place, and uh, there were a lot of – like even when we would go as kids with our parents – There'd be warnings like one of these is coming home injured. So just be careful on the various rides. It was just a lot of chaos. Anyway, I look forward to uh, seeing that. Then it reminded me of Great Adventure, which a lot of people go to in the summer. Yes, much you. more familiar with that. We've got the season passes, which, of course, we haven't you been do? able to. Uh, it was it was gifted. My in-laws gave us season passes because wow. we've got my oldest son is four. He's in, He's a big he's into the rides. He's tall for his age. So a lot of them he can ride. Uh, so yeah, we um, the only thing we've been able to take advantage of so far is we've been hitting up the drive-through safari. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to discuss. The drive-through safari is—I don't think it's like the way it used to be. No, it is not. I can confirm that for you. What when I was now, when I was it? a young whippersnapper, uh, we used to drive through, and you know the monkeys would be climbing on your car, ripping right. off the windshield wipers and the antennas when they those still were actually a thing on cars. Yes. Uh, and I went one time with my sister and my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law loves animals, so he was driving through. He the ostrich came over to the car. He, he rolled, rolled down the window, and the yep. ostrich poked its neck into the car. I was like, "What yeah. are you doing, you lunatic?" <laughs> we we did that with the ostrich as well. Yeah, so now basically you can drive through, but really you don't have 
I mean, the monkeys are behind a fence, so they're not coming anywhere near. Oh, the other animals are, are are kind of roaming free, so you, yeah. you you might get a bear that might come near or so, um, or maybe the bears are actually. By, I should know. I was just there. Everything's um, behind. So what are you just driving by a fence? No, not everything's behind fences. It's just some of the animals they have no interest in coming near you. But like oh. for example, we were driving through a couple of weeks ago. And when I say driving, I mean, it was packed because nobody's got anything else to do. So there's like hundreds and hundreds of cars along this, you know, one lane road going through the safari at Great Adventure. So there's a lot of traffic, a lot of backup. But in one of the areas, in the, the African area, there was actually a giraffe that was holding up traffic because it was oh. just standing in the middle of the road and didn't want to move. So they there are animals out and about that, that you can get very very up close to, yeah. but the you know the more dangerous ones obviously not. So the monkeys wreak havoc. I wouldn't so much call them dangerous. They just like to get up to their shenanigans. So they're behind the fences. The lions and the tigers are obviously <laughs> behind the fences, but um, a lot of them are roaming free. And if you're driving through at the right <laughs> time, oh, exactly, one now you can get up pretty close. So I would recommend it if you need something to do. Yeah, the baboons are the are the monkeys with right. the red red butts, right? Yeah, so I'm saying monkeys. Of course. Be saying oh, there goes a tiger. <laughs> uh, Should yeah, be the, saying baboons. In the 1970s, when I would go through, uh, cars used to have like vinyl. Roofs. Oh yeah. And uh, if you were dumb enough to bring your vinyl roofed car in, the monkeys would pick it apart. It yep. would look like fake grass by the time you got out of there. No doubt. I think my dad may have made that mistake back in the day. I have an older brother and two older, actually half brother and half sisters who are now in there. Actually, my brother just turned 50 this year. So when they were growing up in the you know mid to late 70s, they definitely frequented, frequented Great Adventure. And I think my dad may have made that mistake once, or at least they witnessed somebody else you know endure that yeah. where the baboons just tore the, the vinyl <laughs> roof apart. Yeah, we used to look for it. Like we'd get in and we go, "Look at that idiot with the with the roof." <laughs> it's probably my dad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because you were having the same age as my as my siblings That's are. Right. So maybe it was. Maybe it was them. You were That's pointing right. and laughing at my family. We were pointing and mocking. Uh, uh, and one time we we used to have to. We would always take the oldest vehicle that we owned through there in case of the, you know, a tiger attack or or a monkey. That's what you got to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I remember going through there Roar! in the dead of <laughs> in the dead of summer, and my dad. Uh, Vega, which was a car brand back Vega. in the day, okay. and he used to get. This was his car that he would uh, commute back and forth to Newark Airport in. So he would get the junk car. Yeah, just like he would get no options in it, including air conditioning. Right. And we went through that safari with the windows op- with the windows closed, so animals wouldn't get in, with no air conditioning mm. in the dead of summer. Right. So you were sweating off a couple I'm pounds, sweating it off. Nice. Let me get to some sports, CeeLo. This is what we do here at WFAN, That'd sports talk. Probably be a good idea, yeah. Perhaps you heard of it. I'm a little confused by this item, hoping you might be able to uh, give me some information. Oh, boy. So Super Agent Drew Rosenhaus says that his NFL clients are in an uproar over proposed placement of 35% of their salary going in escrow. Yes. I have no idea what that means. Am I supposed to know what that means? Um, listen, I don't claim to know the exact details of it, but they do this, I believe, in the NHL where, yeah, I mean. the What does that mean? I think some of the money gets pushed off to down the road. But you, you still know, get it. You get it, but I don't think it. I don't think it's like, you know, deferred interest. I don't think it's accruing interest. I think it's almost like, you know, 
uh, backdated is the wrong word, but um, that's actually the opposite. Where you're, they're essentially taking the money that you're owed, but you're not going. It's not going to be paid out until down the road somewhere. I think that's. And what you're it not means. getting interest. On I it. could be dead wrong, but um, I did see. I saw your note about that about your Rosenhaus on the sheet, and I had seen not last night, but two nights ago. Um, Tom Pellicero from the NFL Network had some nuggets on that where he he tweeted, I just pulled it up, that the NFL Players Association told the NFL to, quote, kick rocks on the proposal (laughs) to hold some 2020 salary in escrow. So the league's trying to float it, and the players' union is just like, yeah, that's definitely not happening. Here's another one. A well-placed player source tells me this morning the chances are, quote, less than 0% the players will accept this. The union is firmly dug in. I'm sure Boomer will have a lot of thoughts on that. I'm sure Boomer knows a lot about Now, listen, both of us are uh, homeowners, so we have mortgages. Yes. Now, I know when I did my closing – the word escrow oh, was thrown around. Hundred percent, same <laughs> and, here. Yeah, and I was just acting like I knew what they were talking <laughs> right, about, nodding like, along. Yep, sure. We're gonna, yeah. and then this check's going to go into escrow. I go, got it, escrow. Yeah. I think it's I like I... a temporary thing where they're holding. In that case, they're holding your what are your down payment or whatever the yeah. payment for the house until everything goes through, until attorney review and everything gets finished off, and then it's sort of essentially released. I think no, because at some no? point, like oh, even right. months down the road or years down the road, you'll get something from your mortgage company. It'll be like a uh, you know what? This month, give us a, an extra five hundred. We're gonna put that in escrow. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I always looked at it like uh, escrow. To me, sounds like we're we don't fully trust that you're gonna be paying this mortgage right. all the time. <laughs> and in case you slip up, we've already got some of your cash that we could just yeah pay some of your bills with. As so, third party receives and disperses money or property for Ooh, the primary party. transacting parties. So. Yeah, in this case, I listen, I assume it's about the league essentially, you know, delaying payment. So you call it whatever you want. Um, but to me, the way I'm reading it, that that's what it's about. So similar to the argument that MLB had with the union, um, you know, these leagues we know are just hemorrhaging cash right now. So I'd imagine that they're just looking for a way to kind of push that bill a little bit on down the road. Um, and based on what I'm reading from the reaction of the players union, obviously they're not happy, which, you know, means someone's trying to reach into the pocket and, and take money out until down the road somewhere. And I know there's a John Mellencamp song where the line is, I got a brand new house in escrow. Again, I was hoping that uh, check it out. It was uh, the, the, the song by John Mellencamp. Beautifully check performed it out. by you just there. Yeah, thank you. But uh, that I thought would also help me. I go, let me go check John Mellencamp lyrics, see if I could see figure he, out what escrow yeah. is. He didn't uh, really help you out, though. No, it says, where does the time go? Check it out. Got a brand new house in escrow. Check he, it out. You needed him no to go idea. into further detail after yeah. that line. I needed him to go like this. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Got a brand new house in escrow, which means that a third party <laughs> is holding my home uh, further in analysis. escrow. Further yeah. analysis. Let's see. Where, what is that? An NFL story did I just do? Yes. Yes. Let me do this one. Correct. Then, uh, Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus story. Uh, Amazon, you know Amazon. You've probably purchased a lot of products from them. Yep, I'm an Amazon Prime uh, member. Which, by the way, ever since this pandemic took over, they're like, uh, yes, I'd like to place an order. All right, we'll get that to you. We say August 1st. (laughs) What? Where's your two? I used to order something and be on my porch the next day. Yeah, there are some items that have come back, but yeah, a lot of them have have definitely been delayed quite a bit. I would agree. Now, shouldn't we get a a little payback on that on our on our yearly Amazon Prime? Maybe they can throw it in escrow for us. 
We've yeah, we've uh, credited your account in escrow. <laughs> Do not ask us what it means. Right, no interest. We don't know. Uh, but anyway, Amazon says uh, they're pulling all of their Washington Redskins merchandise from the site. So that's who else has done it now? Nike did it. Uh, quite a few of these larger companies. I know there are a couple that still have not. But Fanatics um, still has not. And NFL, NFL shop, shop, of course, which the I think officially all, licensed gear. They're, they're all one thing, that. right? Fanatics and think, NFL shop. Yeah, are they I think the same? they run each other. Oh, I did yeah, not I think, realize that. I think Fanatics runs NFL oh, shop. Okay, well there you but have yeah, it. They're still an NFL team. You can't pull their gear. Right, exactly. If you're the official supplier, then you can't. But Amazon can do whatever the heck they want, right? And like Jerry and I were talking about yesterday, again, didn't do any research on this, but <laughs> Nike pulling this stuff. But then Nike also like making sneakers in China with child labor. Mm, again, Jerry and, I, Jerry and I just assuming they still do that. They may have changed. <laughs> right. Yeah. They may have stopped that years ago. I couldn't answer know. that for you either. Yeah. We're not sure. I'm we're making just a assuming. list. Escrow, yeah. Nike's uh, <laughs> production. Nike production in China. Yeah. Okay. All right, Got a lot to, to get to here. A lot to get to uh, during the break. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't like that. Like, if you're going to not sell Washington Redskin gear and you're Nike, but you also have child labor putting your sneakers together. Right. I, I, I have Come not on, checked man. on the latest from Nike there, so I don't know where they're at as far as the production goes. For Amazon, though, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I don't really see where there's a double standard on their end. But, I mean, listen, we know what this is all about. These companies are trying to ramp up the pressure to, to get Washington to to make a move, and it sure sounds like that's ex- eventually what's going to happen and probably sometime between now and maybe even the start of training camp based on everything that you're They're going to have hearing. a new team name? Yeah, man. New logos? Well, that once Dan Damn Snyder God. came out last week, I think right after we signed off on Friday and essentially said that we're going to do a, you know, a deep and a deep we're going to do a thorough review of our team name like and other people made this point. Imagine they come back weeks later and like, "Nope, we're good." Yeah. Full speed ahead. We're going to keep it the way it is. Like there's going to be some sort of change. And um I know Ron Rivera then the following day gave an interview to the Washington Post saying, oh, it'd be great to get it done before the start of the season. I can't imagine he's going out there publicly saying that right. unless this thing is pretty pretty far down the road at this point. My prediction is the Redskins will have no a logo on their helmet this year. It'll just be a maroon, boring, Cleveland Browns-type helmet, but I think they style. had a throwback helmet that looked exactly like that, if I'm not mistaken. Where I, it was hate just I hate when the they do Burgundy. throwback and there's no logo like when like the lions do that throwback with no logo the yeah. bears the packers no, i think i'm on. wrong on these all the ones i'm come seeing on. here still had yeah some they have sort the, of... like a spear yeah what is that a mohawk tomahawk i don't tomahawk, know something sure. or other yeah or they could just do go old school with the one with just the r in the circle see that one i see with the with the yellow but then there's the like the little feathers in the back. Oh, that's no good. So maybe they would just have to take that off. That's no know. good. All right. Uh, we got to uh, take a break on the other side. What do I have here? Something about the Mets. Uh, I'm going to let you all know what escrow means. CeeLo's going to give an update on uh, somebody. Nike's. Somebody tweeted out to us the answer. <laughs> they did? So we can, yeah, stay okay. tuned for that Ooh, after stay the break. Tuned. <laughs> stay tuned for that, everybody. <laughs> Settle in in your vehicles. Uh, We're going to get you an answer on escrow. Uh, take it away, Eddie Scazzeri. Alan Jerry, now offering curbside delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a brand new house in escrow song. 
That's right. Check it out. So, Al, we got uh, a gentleman here that reached out to us on Twitter, and he said, your mortgage company pays your property taxes on your behalf. They estimate the cost of the property taxes, and the money that you pay each month towards your property taxes goes into escrow. So there you go. There's part of the answer, I suppose. Mike Dingman. Yeah, uh, Mike Dingman. Very alert um, warm-up show listener. Yes. Also, uh, Michael Paolillo also reached out to me and said, if I remember, the escrow was to pay taxes. I guess that's why they, when you put it in escrow, it can't be, um, they can't earn interest on it because it ain't their cash. Good thing we got to the bottom of that for everybody. We had to, you know, get to get to the bottom of that for the people. So then, I think what happens is when they go, or every once in a great while, will you get a letter? Be like, uh, "Hey, in your next mortgage payment, can you throw us an extra three hundy?" Uh, <laughs> the, the escrow was a little off. We weren't yes. uh, sure. Or the property taxes are changing. Yeah, perhaps. something where there they, they just they estimated wrong. And another quick nugget on something Ooh. we touched on in the open before we move on to your other very important items. Very important. We were talking about the possible name change for the Redskins yes. and the logo and the helmet. And this just popped up that no matter what happens with the name, and it does sound like they're going to change it, they are definitely keeping the burgundy and gold colors. Oh, so okay. the color scheme will not be changing for right. people that are concerned about that. That's why I think for right now, like if I buy up a whole bunch of Washington Redskins gear, right? I buy it up. I put it in escrow where I'm not getting any... <laughs> <laughs> where I'm not earning any money on. Uh-huh. No, I buy up all this gear. And I, I give it. I, you know what I do? I put it in my basement for about 10 years. Collector's Brand item? New, yeah, exactly. Is it a collector's item in 10 years? Um, For some people, I'm sure it would be. I'm sure there'd be some people out there that, that would have interest in it, but then yeah. there'd also be the other people that are obviously offended, and that's, right. why, that's why we're looking to change the name in the first place. So Fair point. You might now, have some sort of market. Now, the Atlanta Braves say they're keeping their name. Yes. But they are uh, investigating the Tomahawk Chop. Yes, which is a big part of the uh, in-stadium ambiance Yeah, for many years. Well, listen, this uh, is the time to do it. There's going to be no in-stadium ambiance. Yes, unless you're one of these, you know, cardboard cutouts that all these teams, including the Mets, are now offering to their season ticket holders. I love this idea by the Mets, but they're just following in the footsteps, as you said, of many other teams. Yes. uh, But the Mets are doing it. If uh, you're a season ticket holder for this season, you can skip this year, right? You don't have to be a season ticket holder. But if you, instead of getting your money back... If you put that money towards 2021 credit, <laughs> instead of getting your money back, you can have a cardboard cutout of yourself <laughs> in the stands. Am I the only one that just doesn't see the appeal of this? As far? <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're telling me for free, sure. But like, do I really want to be shelling out money or in this case, you know, putting down my deposit for next season yes. just to get a cardboard cutout. Yes. Put my put my deposit in escrow, Al, just yeah, to have escrow. my cardboard cutout yes. at City Field where, I mean, what are the odds it ever shows up on camera unless I've got the bougie behind the plate seats? Right. That's what I would say to, I would say to the Mets. I'd be like, mm, I'm kind of intrigued about having a cardboard cutout of myself <laughs> at the stadium. How often will SNY show me? Right. I, I, I sit in the last row of the upper deck in right field. So, you know, unless uh, Bryce Harper puts one up there, I don't anticipate my cardboard cutout showing up anytime soon no, on the broadcast. I think, I think they would put the cardboard cutouts down below where you can see them on on the uh, camera. I see. So not in your actual season ticket seat. No, I don't think it's in your... No, I think because there's going to be a lot of... Most people are not going to well, need a course. cardboard cutout, so they're going to have to put these cardboard cutouts 
So they're gonna huddle them all yeah, huddle in the them same in. general vicinity. I would be I would like really try to wheel and deal with the Mets because I know that they want my my money right. for the year. Yeah. I'd be like, listen, I'm uh, thinking about moving my money to 2021, and I'm thinking about getting this cardboard cutout. Is Gary Keith and Ron going to mock my cutout when it – because if they're going to mock my cutout, I will take my money back right now. Right, yeah. I don't want any negative attention. Yeah. Only positive. I don't want negative attention. I, I don't want to be uh, mocked for what I'm wearing. That's the other thing. You've got to, like, upload an image of yourself that they find – you know, you can't have any crazy. You can't have like yeah, a lot of Yankees rules. suck on it or right. Phillies suck. You can't have that on your T-shirt. You know, you got to be like in a Mets seven line gear. I got the list here. No oh. hashtags, social media, <laughs> or phone numbers. No <laughs> offensive language. No MLB player names. No negative references toward any MLB team. Wow. No advertisements or branding. No political statements or endorsements. There mm. you go. So just a boring guy in a Mets shirt. Pretty much, yeah. Man, I'll man. use. <laughs> oh, let's go check. Uh, let's just go to Kevin Burkhardt out in the stands. He's talking to a cardboard cutout of Crystal yeah. Presti. I guarantee they'll do that at some point, right? Not Kevin Burkhardt because he no longer works. Oh, on he's the, moved uh, on. Right, Steve Gelb. Gelbs. I always forget. Yep, it's Steve Gelbs, Gelbs, right? Gelbs. I get it confused with our guy uh, Zach Gelb and Bob Gelb. Gelb with the fans. A lot I of forget Gelbs. if it's Gelb or Gelbs. So Gelbs. Gelbs, yeah. So he'll be out there with the mic interviewing one of these cardboard cutouts. I'd imagine at some point. Remember when Kim Jones had that job at uh, Yes Network? Of course, the, she did a I, tremendous job. A tremendous job, and uh, she was doing a, a live shot in, I believe it was Minnesota, where that guy came down and ate a pork chop. Yes, that's something she still gets asked about to this day. I see it maybe every year or so on Twitter where she will engage somebody on that. Was she holding the pork chop and the guy came running down and bit it? Quite like, possibly. Was she doing a piece on the pork chop? Might Very well might have been, right? That's what the, those quirky pieces they do yeah. at the different stadiums. Hey, here we are in Minnesota and at Target Field, you can get this pork chop and then guy comes down and eats it right out of her hand i like when they're doing an interview with somebody because you know generally you know it's like a s- middle of an inning it's a little slow and they're interviewing somebody who doesn't have broadcast savvy so they're going to answer the questions as they're asked and they start giving this long-winded answer and it's like there's a ball hit up the gap and like you know the guy's like man and then you know and i put the barbecue sauce on the, the pork ribs <laughs> <laughs> and then you notice like oh my god like kevin burkhardt or Kim Jones has to try to squeeze in there and go, uh, there's a ball, this ball just hit up the gap. Shut right. Up, yeah, they got to awkwardly do the play by play. Yeah. I pulled up the clip here. Javier Vasquez on the mound for the Yankees, which brings back bad memories for me, pitching to Jim Tomain. Here she is in the upper deck holding the pork chop with a Yankee fan holding mm-hmm. a beer. <laughs> and some sort of brush in his left hand, like a like a dustpan brush. I have no idea because I don't sweep. have the sound on. Maybe it was going to oh, be. Oh, okay, sweep. right. And it's and it's and not only does he have it, it's connected to some sort of um, like lanyard holder that's yeah. around his neck. So this gentleman does not get a lot of style points here. Mm. That's for sure. You know, listen, yeah. that was back in the day when I it guess was they were going stylish. for the sweep. And yeah, she's just given her little report, and he just bends right in there and, and takes a bite. Bends in there. All bends right. in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wrigley Field is going to allow the rooftop buildings around uh, Wrigley Field mm. to sell seats. Now, they're only going to allow them 25% capacity. Right. So tickets right now are are a hot item in Chicago. Through the roof. Through the roof. Uh, going for about $350 for a game for one seat. Hey, if you Who gets. Like- like if I, own a, if I own a building in uh, around Wrigley Field, I can charge people to sit on the roof? I mean, 
why not? If people if there's a market and people are willing to pay, why not? Do you think the Cubs get any of that cash? Well, part of the story that I read is um, that the Cubs actually own a couple of the rooftops oh. beyond left and right field. So they are definitely involved in that. There are some privately owned rooftops that have tickets on sale already. Uh, reading here, including one in left field called Wrigley View Rooftops. So they're advertising the tickets, like you said, at three fifty, or you get a you get a discount on Sundays down to two hundred and fifty bucks. You shave a hundy off on Sundays. Not sure why that is, and that comes with food, beer, and wine. So they do toss in a little. Uh, it's kind of an all inclusive package for you. But you never go into the ballpark. You're going no. into some dude's building. Uh, into his building and then up to the rooftop. Yeah, and up on the roof. Yeah. I mean, you've seen for years. People that sit out, whether or not they're paying, I don't know, in years past, but if you live there or you own that building, it's kind of like a, a free way to watch the game from a distance, I guess, right? Yeah, at some point, because when I was watching baseball in the 80s, no one was charging people to come up and watch the games there. No, of course not. But at some point, someone was like, you know, what if I charge? Yeah, of course. What if I decided, let me get, I get a couple of beers, I get a bunch of beers, right? And then I sell those individually to people. Very easy to attract crowds, especially yeah. if you got a popular team where tickets are in high demand. You know, people have not even for Cubs fans, but it's a tourist attraction. People want to check yeah. out Wrigley Field, so they get the opposing team's fans that come in quite a bit. It's not a huge ballpark either, since it's old school. So it's like, all right, well, we're going to essentially expand expand Wrigley Field across the street onto the rooftops, and now we're going to charge you to sit there and watch the game from you know five hundred feet away. <laughs> I would like to sit on top of the Green Monster ones. Yes, the Green Monster seats. Those are definitely very popular and I'm sure quite expensive. They are Fenway. very expensive because uh, me and my friend John used to go to a Red Sox game every year just to make a fun little road trip and go to the, go to the Fenway Park because it's yeah. a cool park. And I remember looking into the – they were like 850 bucks for like a – you know, when they're playing the A's on a Tuesday I was going to say, well, who were they playing? Yeah, A's on a Tuesday. That's, that's tough to swallow yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I'd like to do that. Well, sure. I need to go to All Wrigley Field. Jerry's one of those uh, guys, like Evan, who uh, will sometimes take a summer vacation and go <laughs> visit. Sometimes. I think he's done multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> well, he goes to, well, Evan goes to boyhood homes and presidents and then also to various ballparks. It's probably killing him that he can't do any of this this yeah. year. Yeah. Didn't he take it? Oh, this is before Evan uh, was married, and I believe before he was even dating his now wife. I think he took his dog on a on a road trip. Dog or was it a cat? I forget now. <laughs> I, I'm not even. I'm dead. Serious. I really think he brought a dog. I don't yeah. think he bring a cat. I don't I, think. I a thought cat's he was gonna... a, for some reason. I thought he was a cat guy. I know. Maybe he has both. <laughs> I I don't know. I can't keep up with his his he quirky used to stuff. Have a cat. I used don't to have know a cat. if that cat is still with us, oh. but he did. But it might have made this, this road trip and we're talking was, about uh, years ago now. And it had its name was like Freedom or something like yes, that. Yes, you're Sounds right. Sounds about right. Yeah. He's Freedom been, I mean, he's, his his son is not that much younger than my oldest son. So I feel like he's been married probably close to five years now. So we're going back to, you know, we're going back to mid-2010 to 2020 decade. It's when possible. I, when I think of Evan now, the image I have in my head is him in the extra long Nets jersey shooting baskets <laughs> in his driveway. <laughs> like that's what I think about now when I think of Evan. Yeah, the video I saw on doing on so, Twitter. looking like the most unathletic person <laughs> ever. Him and Sal going back yes. and Sal Licata going back and forth playing. Uh, what did they play? Fan horse instead of or horse. Whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, but didn't they do Fan instead? Or did I imagine yeah. that? No, yeah. you're right. But yeah. when I think of Sal Licata, I don't think of him. Taking jump shots in his driveway. I agree with that. Yeah, I think of him yelling and screaming on SNY. Yes. 
Right, yeah, I think above him on the fan screaming at callers. Yeah, oh, definitely at callers. He's just he's he's just a loud individual. Period, and I love Sal, but he 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 likes to get worked up. Yeah, he's got a lot of energy, which you he's need. All fire. You need that in uh, sports talk. Yeah. All right, let's take a break here. I don't have any other information on escrow <laughs> or anything like that. But, Long um, pause. We have nice, uh, some more quality sports topics and non-sports topics uh, after the break. Uh, Eddie, take it away. Al and Jerry, this is the new normal. All right, morning show. Morning show, warm-up show. Let's listen to me. CeeLo sitting in for Jerry Recco this morning. Al Dukes, of course, along with me here. And Al, I was curious as I was going through a little show prep last night. I saw this story late last night, which was actually from Tuesday nights. I was curious if you guys even discussed this on the show yesterday. So Shohei Otani, of course, from the uh, the Angels. Would you have known that had I not said that? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay. He's the pitcher-hitter. Yes, that's right. That's Two-way right. player. So if you remember, when he was first available, the Yankees were very interested, very involved, and people just assumed it was a slam dunk. He was going to come to the Yankees. So he goes to the Angels. He won the Rookie of the Year that year, that first season in 2018, but hurt his arm, Tommy John surgery, hasn't pitched in about a year and a half now, all that good stuff. So he goes out the other night at Angel Stadium to throw in his first inter-squad game or whatever. So basically the first time he's throwing competitive pitches off a mound in two years, he walked eight batters across about 50 pitches. <laughs> I mean, that is not exa- <laughs> that is not exactly an encouraging return from Tommy John's well, What is he doing? I'm not really sure other than, you know, it's first time out and he's struggling with uh, control and command a little bit. And listen, it's very early, obviously. I'm not trying to sound the alarm on the kid or anything like that. But I'm trying to picture him as a Yankee getting hurt in his first year. Yes, he won Rookie of the Year because, he, you know, he had a good season at the plate offensively. Two-way player. got everybody all excited and stole the, the attention away from um, Gleyber Torres and Miguel Andujar. But... Imagine him being a Yankee. He comes back from Tommy John surgery. So basically put him in place of what Garrett Cole did the other night live on the Yes Network, pitching right. that inter-squad game. And he walks eight batters and 50 pitches. You guys would have had the phone lines lighting up yesterday. Right. Would have been what crazy. did we do? Why did we take this yeah, guy? Yeah, this guy. He's a hack. He's he's he never going to be the same stinks. again. Yeah. I was like, that was eye-popping to me. I was like, eight guys and 50 pitches. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so when guys I'm sure he'll work it out. When guys go out to the West Coast, I have no idea what's going on out there. Like of when course. Albert Pujols went from the Cardinals to the Angels, it's like wh- I never even heard his name. And the best player in baseball plays out there, and like people get all people that are like hardcore and the analytics and that stay up late and watch West Coast baseball are so they get so I'm enraged. A loser. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly about Mike Trout. And people, he doesn't have any national appeal. And the baseball diehards like Evan get so worked up. They're like, how could you even say anyone else is the? Because no one ever sees the guy play. The team's never any good. They're not in the playoffs. They don't play on national television a whole lot. Yeah, if they come to the East Coast and you see them play against the Yankees and the Red Sox a handful of times. But yeah, I mean, unless you're. And especially in the business we work in with the hours you guys do Monday to Friday, you can't stay up till two o'clock in the morning watching the Angels and the Rangers. No, no chance. I, I always like the surprise of like when the Mets go on the for their West Coast trip. Yeah. Or the Yankees like you go to bed and then you wake up and you it was like a surprise as to what happened. Oh, definitely. And there have been nights where I try to stay up and watch if I'm working with you guys the next morning and I'll pass out at midnight or so. Thinking, okay, you know, this game's in comfortably in hand. And then there are those mornings where you wake up and it's like, the Yankees scored eight in the ninth and, you know, <laughs> come back and win. I'm like, oh, God, I got to go back and watch all the highlights now and uh, make sure that, you know, we've got all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. 
Yeah, the Yankees scored uh, eight runs in the in the ninth inning at two a.m. local yeah, time. Right, exactly. <laughs> the game basically just ended as the alarms going off for us to wake right. up and get ready to go to work. Or sometimes when Eddie wakes up and the games are still on. Oh, definitely. I know he, he wakes likes, up he, for the day. Yeah, because he's usually what he's he's checking. The, he's catching like the two a.m. Sports Center or something like that. I think one a.m. One a.m. Oh, yeah. well, definitely. That's a lock. Then, kidding me? American League Baseball on the West Coast. Two a.m. is is easy. Now the uh, Mets sale, their first round bidding is due today. Now I don't know. I know this uh, Steve Cohen fella supposedly going to put in mix. his his first round bidding. Uh, I don't know about A Rod and J Lo. I haven't heard their name. Yeah, within went the quiet. last few days. Exactly. Yeah, I haven't heard anything on that either. Now this isn't like your. This isn't final bids. This is. I think they're taking these bids to see what kind of money. And what kind of offers people have out there? Okay, so this is almost like a gauge the market situation. Yeah. Like, uh, if you were thinking about buying it, what, what would you think that might cost? What would you? Right. What do you think you might pay for that? A way for the Wilpons to try and squeeze a little bit more, create a bidding war essentially. And yeah, get these guys going back and forth. Yeah, what kind of ballpark are we in here? And then we'll take it from there. Well, this this seems like a terrible time to be selling a team. Yeah, well, even, I mean, since the initial Steve Cohen negotiations that, that fell through, I mean, I've seen multiple articles written saying, you know, the Wilpons allowed that thing to fall apart and they've probably cost themselves another couple hundred million bucks, I think, something like that. Well, I even think of things like, you know, when the Chiefs gave Patrick Mahomes all that cash. Cash. Like, if I was running the Chiefs, I'd be like, what if we never play football again? I just gave this guy... $500 million. I guess that speaks to how confident uh, they think they are that they will play. Plus, with the NFL, and Boom, yeah, Boomer, I'm sure, went over this in detail yesterday. Yeah, it's 10 years, 450 up to 503. But that's if, you know, he goes all the way to the end of the deal right. and all those guarantee clauses kick in and everything. I mean, these NFL contracts are fugazi. I mean, he'll be well taken care of. But I think the way they structured it in the first couple of years – you know, so that they can stay competitive as far as the salary cap goes, he's not making a ton of money as compared to other high high paid quarterbacks in the league. So yeah, he's gonna get I think something like, I don't know, seventy million bucks in cash over the first three years. Nothing to sneeze at, but when you look at ten for four fifty, you're thinking, Oh, this guy, forget it. He's gonna be, you know, making a hundred mil in a couple of seasons and it's the way they laid it out, at least the way I read it, I don't I actually don't think that's what's happening. If I was one of these guys all bidding on the Mets today, I'd be like, well, you may never play baseball again. I'm taking this off your hands right. for cheap. Or Plus, you may never be able to have fans in the stands again. We may have coronavirus forever. That is an interesting negotiating point. Yeah. But I guess when you're Steve Cohen and you're reportedly worth $10 billion, billion with a B plus, yeah. you don't worry so much about eh, a couple hundred mil here or there. What's, that's just chump change. Yeah, if I was like uh, trying to impress the Wilpons that I had the most money and I was like a Steve Cohen, I'd be like, I'm willing to make uh, this offer and I've got this much money in escrow. So <laughs> if, if you need extra, I've got this in escrow. It's not doing anything. It's not, it's not tied up. <laughs> It's there. It's available. It's available just, just in escrow. So you know. yeah. yeah. And uh, the other big story from yesterday was we we knew that Deshaun Jackson, the wide receiver NFL player on the Eagles, he had posted quotes that uh, he thought were attributed to Hitler. He took a lot of backlash on that. Then Steven Jackson, the former NBA player, uh, uh, people felt he, well, I guess he was defending Deshaun Jackson. Well, 
Steven Jackson um, went on, I believe, CNN last night and said he used the wrong words in defending Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. But he is still sticking by the fact that he thinks that the Eagles handled Riley Cooper and Deshaun Jackson two different ways. You know, I don't necessarily disagree with that part of it. What? Because Riley Cooper, if you recall, shortly after that went down, I believe got handed or signed like a five-year extension or something like that. So he was rewarded financially. Now you could say, well, they, you know, that was a business decision, football, so on and so forth. But, I mean, they, I think they paid him not that long after that, if I'm not mistaken. Well, as Boomer and Geo uh, discussed uh, yesterday when this was all going on, that was, uh, you know, Michael Vick stood up for Riley Cooper. Uh, I believe the Eagles kind of left it up to the locker room as to right. whether they were going to keep him or not. And that's that's all well and good, I guess, at the time. But in the current environment, if you take what Riley Cooper, you know, apparently did or said back in the day, and you transplant that into 2020, oh yeah, he'd be know, gone. How, he'd right. be a goner. And I, I I guess that's the point that I'm that I'm making. Hmm. Uh, Showtime came out and said, uh, "Well, they're well, they didn't say they're not firing him, but they they appear to not be firing Stephen Jackson. But they said Stephen's comments were hurtful and inconsistent with the values espoused by this network. It's a good word, espoused. It's but don't word. they have a show about dudes smoking weed? I mean, that's their the whole <laughs> their whole uh, all the smoke." show is about smoking weed and talking, right? Yeah, I, I can't keep up with all the shows and whatnot. <laughs> I, I know. Here's what I know about Steven Jackson. Yeah. He was very entertaining the couple of times he's come yes. on with you guys. I know Gio's a fan of that show or podcast mm -hmm. or whatever it is. I can't figure it it's out. It's a podcast, podcast slash show. Slash show. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, the, the Showtime statement was similar to what the Eagles had said on Tuesday, I guess it was, um, you know, kind of denouncing his, his words and saying it's yes. inappropriate and appalling. But obviously to this point, they haven't, haven't cut Deshaun Jackson, so, and I know he spoke with Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, um, and I, I think I read yesterday his agent had already reached out to um, a temple somewhere to talk a about rabbis. how he could write a rabbi, yeah, how he could get involved and and you know educate himself. So, um, you know, I I can't say for sure what was going through his head, what the original intent was, but if there's some sort of concerted effort to make wrong, make right what was wrong, I mean, we've all made mistakes, right? So. I don't Not know. Not me. I, I'm mistake-free. No, you're a mistake-free guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I it, Obviously, there are lines that can't be crossed um, sometimes, and there are things that are egregious, and you just you, there's just no coming back from them. But people make mistakes, and if they want to get it right and it's genuine and legit, I'm, I'm all good with giving them the chance to do that. As Billy Joel sang many years ago, you're only human. You're supposed to make mistakes. Right. Ivy League has canceled football and all fall sports. Yes. Now, what's that? Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, Brown, Dartmouth, all the, all the smart Cornell, schools. Penn. Cornell, Cornell right, yeah. Penn, canceled. Yeah. Columbia are, hey, Columbia's in that mix? Columbia, yep. They're in the, the mix. The uh, great then, Jerry yeah. Recco used That's to do right. their games. That's right. And people are basically saying that they're, they've, been ahead, they've been ahead of the curve on this all the way and that these other – other conferences are going to follow uh, as far as football goes in short order. So that hasn't happened yet, but that's that's what the people in the know are saying. Like the real conferences? Yeah, SEC, that yeah, sort of I've stuff? Yeah, I've heard them talking about how they're going to push it to the spring, uh, potentially, and really? play uh, you know conference-only schedule so you wouldn't have non-conference games because 
they want to shorten the season so that they could still get the 2021 season off the ground at a somewhat normal date. Hmm. Hmm. Another quick break, uh, then a quick segment, then Boomer and Geo at the top of the hour. Oh, this is the uh, a sportsman, and I have this information. It's uh, the great uh, uh, Amy Lawrence. <laughs> yes, what's her topic? Do you, do oh, Amy Lawrence's topics? No, no, I do have it. The uh, great Amy. What is she, like a uh, like traveling circus or something, doing a magic show? Sometimes when I'm talking, I can't think of the last name. So I That's was like, right. the great Amy back, Lawrence. I came back from out of the break and said, this is the morning show, and it's the oh. warm-up show. So. And, and check out how timely this is. Amy talks about the Ivy League making the decision to shut it down for fall athletics. Perfect segue. Hmm. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, wrapping up the warm-up show. CeeLo sitting in for Jerry Recco today. Al Dukes along with me, Boomer and Geo in just a couple of minutes. How are we going to finish it out here? Al Dukes, what do you have for us? Now, is Jerry on the road with Rutgers today, or is this just a day off? Yes, oh yeah, big road trip for Rutgers uh, to the middle of nowhere to play in a non-existing basketball game. That's right. I did see that uh, Cespedes was working out at first base. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this. I don't know. I I think it's mix. I think this is a classic case of it's spring training slash summer camp. We need some storylines. Oh, Cespedes had a first base yeah. club. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, He's gunning for Pete Alonso's job, right? And by the way, who that's gave him right. the, who gave him the first baseman's glove? Pete Alonso. I don't think he did. He did. He I did. thought he brought his own uh, first baseman's glove. He's like, I'm first base this year. Oh. Move over, punk. Well, if he did that, we've got an early lie from new manager Luis Rojas because I've got audio of him saying oh. that Pete Alonso gave him the glove. Oh, and really? just likes to, you know, be all over the field and show off and show that he's athletic. And he was just taking some ground Yankees ball. baseball is fun. Oh, it is high. It is far. It is gone. 